0: Morning. We'll go ahead and get started uh, with our study this morning and hope everyone had a good time in our prayer groups. Always important to begin the day that way and also very important begin Sunday school that way as well. Communication is one of the biggest challenges in life. Having served in the army and training at Fort Gordon, Georgia, Fort McCoy, Wisconsin, being deployed to Panama and Germany, it meant radios that worked and at times couriers who ran messages between locations while we were in the middle of a mission. It's amazing how communication has advanced since the turn of the century, since we started 2000, from corded phones to cordless phones with voicemail to emails on the internet to texting, texting, and texting. I saw a commercial, and I've seen it several times now, a father and son are standing in the same room, and instead of talking face-to-face, they stand there and text each other. I guess that's an advancement, but uh, I've seen a a lot of this with some of the juveniles I work with at Pinellas County Jail, how hard it is for some of these young people to talk face-to-face when I go see them. I think they'd be more comfortable with the texting. So you can see I'm not real super sold on texting. I think it's a way of communication, but I think uh, face-to-face is an important part of our lives as well. Well, the Army has all kinds of acronyms that communicate within its ranks. For example, MRE, anybody know what that means? Okay, very good. So you're all on the OER? Okay, very good. AT, annual training, MOI, memo of instruction, SOP. Okay, AO, area of operations, APFT, one of the favorites. Army physical fitness test, at least twice a year. If you didn't know the language and you started talking to somebody in the military after a while... Say what in the world are they talking about if you don't know all the acronyms? So part of communication is knowing the language and how important that is. A method of communication that uh, doctor Gary Smalley advocates is what's called word pictures, which paint a picture when we use them. Phrases like at the crack of dawn, or dog tired, or poor as dirt, or an axe to grind, or like talking to a brick wall. Our a favorite at Pinellas County Jail, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I hear that quite often. These phrases bring certain pictures to our mind. So in our world of constant chaos and challenges and confusion, we need to know where we can go when everything breaks loose. And so turn with me to Psalm 91. And Psalm 91 gives us four-word pictures that remind us how God is our only true refuge in life. Psalm 91. And I brought this along because this was a young lady who decided she wanted to do something for the army. And she asked what she could do, and so she was able to get some material of what our uniforms are like. And she put Psalm 91 on these bandanas. And while I was serving with soldiers, when I knew soldiers were on their way to deploy, then it was Iraq and now some Afghanistan I would give them one of these. And I got letters back, I got emails back of soldiers who said they put it up in their tent, they carried it around, they read that. When they were in the midst of battle needed a reminder God was with them. They pulled it out and looked at it and were reminded what all the truths that are in Psalm 91. So Psalm 91 gives us these four word pictures that help us and remind us that when everything breaking loose, our true refuge is God. The first word picture is shared in verses 1 to 3. But Psalm 91, first three verses, he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. The first word picture shared here is that we are under the shadow of the Almighty. What an awesome picture. When we dwell, when we sit down, when we seat ourselves and remain and abide in the secret hiding place of the Most High, God the Most High. No one is greater than our Creator and our Savior. We're to be abiding in God like General Joshua in Joshua 5. Our Enoch in Genesis 5.24, and Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. If we're walking with God, we shall abide, lodge, continue in a settled state, content under the shadow of the Almighty. As I was looking at this text, looking at this passage, I got to thinking, why is contentment so hard to find in the world we live in? Anyone have any ideas? Why does everybody keep searching for contentment? You see all these commercials, you see all these advertisements, you gotta buy this, you gotta be up on this. Why is it so hard to find contentment in the world around us? Yes, John. Okay. Trying to fill a void that only God can fill? Any other ideas? Too self centered, the the pride issue. Can do it on my own, independent, don't need God. Well God is our Refuge or shelter. It's the same word used in Proverbs fourteen twenty six. In the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. And Isaiah four, six, and there will be a tabernacle for the shade in the daytime from the heat, for a place of refuge, and for a shelter from storm and rain. And then we all know the comfort that Psalm forty six can provide. In any situation, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Do we ever wear out our welcome in turning to God for refuge? God say, I'm done with it. You've already had your three times today, John. That's it for the day. Wait till tomorrow. God is always there because He's with us. He is protecting us. He, as it's talking about here, we're abiding in the shadow of the Almighty. God Almighty. I think too often we pull God down instead of looking up and realizing how awesome, how great He truly is. God is our fortress means a stronghold like a castle on a mountain. Psalm 18.2, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. David earlier recorded this cry in Psalm 17:8. Keep me as the apple of your eye, hide me under the shadow of your wings. I'm sure there's been times, I know there's been in my own life, where we've cried out to God. Maybe over a child or a grandchild who's wandered away from God or a health issue that keeps coming back. Do we echo that final phrase, the end of verse two? My God, in Him I will trust. If we're under the shadow of the Almighty, we must put our trust in God. And what does trust mean? It means to confide and place our hope and confidence in God. Our focus has to be in God alone. Why? An inmate at Pinellas County Jail just recently put his trust in drugs. And he shared with me this last Thursday, he got 20 years. And he's leaving to go down the road to serve that time, one of the prisons here in Florida. But he said, I had my trust in the wrong place. And he said one thing, and of course you always hear about jailhouse salvation, and that's true to a point, but there are some genuine Lives that are changed in jail. And I pray to God that his life was changed. But he said, I have learned here with all the distractions of drugs taken away here at the jail, I've learned that the only one I can really trust is God. And he made a profession of faith. And again, I pray that it's a true profession of faith. But he had all his trust in the wrong things. And now he's going to be serving 20 years. Verse 3 tells us while we're abiding under God's shadow, He delivers us from snares and pestilences. Snares, that's a net. That's like a trap. Seizes and holds men or beasts by the foot. And, of course, that could include things, past habits. As inmates of jail have shared how their past drug dealings are... Uh, with some of the ladies there, the prostitution lifestyle comes back to trip them up when their guard is down. When they're not under the, the wings of the Almighty, they get tripped up, just like we do as well, because Satan studies us. He knows where our weaknesses are, and God loves us anyway, and He's stronger. Greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. We need to remember that when those battles come in our lives. And except for the grace of God, many of us could be on the other side of the bars. I'm always reminded that when I talk to inmates at the jail, one trip up, one bad decision, and any of us could be on the other side of the bars instead of visiting, being visited. So those snares, those things that can trip us up, again, God gives us that protection when we're relying on Him. Every. Morning, I I tell the inmates, and this is something I try to practice, two things I tell the inmates to do. First, thank God He woke you up. That means you have a reason today to be here on this earth, and that's to serve God. And secondly, ask God, what lesson do you have for me today? And one uh, inmate told me last week, he said, one lesson, chaplain, I'm tired of learning is patience. I call my public defender, I don't get a call back. I was supposed to have a visit from somebody in my family. They didn't come. And I said, you turn all that over to the Lord? Who's here with you? God hasn't left. He's visiting you right now. He's right here with you. And so no matter what happens, God's still in control. And I have to remind myself of that. In the search as they continue for a senior chaplain, I've had the privilege now to do his work and my work. And... It can be challenging some days. Some days I don't want to go in. But God has called me to do what he's asked me to do, and it's my duty to obey him and do it in his strength. That's how I have to look at it because I can't do it in my own. I'm sure it's all true with you as well. Whatever God calls you to do that day, rely on his strength and not just our own. It talks about perilous pestilence, that, that God is delivering us from that. literally means death. God delivers us from those close calls in life. God is always there. I think about Jonah, when they finally threw him overboard. He said, I'm the problem. I'm the one. This is why the big storm is coming up and we're ready to, to all drown here. He said, throw me overboard. God had something there prepared for him a fish, a whale, a big fish, I think it was a big fish, came by and swallowed him. And he had the privilege to have a one-on-one prayer meeting with God inside of a fish. I don't think too many of us have had that opportunity. But it helped him to see things from God's perspective. And sometimes when we get in those kind of situations, we need to remember God has a purpose for everything. And That's hard at times. We have to accept that by faith at times. But God does have a plan for each of us. It's us to obey him, to apply God's word, to live for him one day at a time. Paul at Lystra, remember when they had beat him and they thought he was dead? And I believe Luke was there with him, helped patch him up. said, okay, let's go to the next town. They thought he was dead. That's a close call for Paul. But Paul continued in the ministry God had called him to do, and he continued to share the gospel at the next city. And Daniel in the lion's den, all he had to do was quit praying for a while, and he would have been okay, right? But he continued to do what he had been doing all the years he was a prisoner of war, and he continued that prayer time with God, and God spared him. Anyone want to share briefly just an example of God's deliverance? Has God been working in our lives as well? Anybody? Or God has delivered you out of a situation? Just a general comment. Back in 2004 when we were hit head-on by a man who was on crack cocaine at 80 miles an hour. God delivered Carol and I. They came up to the car and thought we were dead. Most don't live through that, but God spared us. That was God watching out for us. We didn't know that was going to happen when we turned down Betty Lane. But God spared us. And I think if we think over our lives and think even this last year, how many times have we had close calls where except God was already looking out for us We could have made a bad mistake. We could have been in a car wreck. If we would have been traveling five miles faster, we would have been at that intersection. How God watches out for us, how He is protecting us, that He is always with us. Is that important to you or is that just me? How many think that's important? That we thank Him every day. Say, God, thank you that you're protecting me. Because there's a lot of unseen things going on that I don't see or could possibly happen. But you're taking care of them as they come up. So that's our first word picture shared. Now we go to verses 4 to 6 and we see our second word picture in Psalm 91. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. The second word picture is, He shall cover you with His feathers, with His pinions, and under His wings you shall take refuge. The picture here is that we're under God's wings like the protection of a parent bird. Spurgeon shares that being under God's wings gives us four blessings. We're concealed, we're protected, we're refreshed, and we're nourished. Psalm 33, 20 shares, Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in Him because we have trusted in His holy name. Let Your mercy, O Lord, be upon us just as we hope in you. Last spring, several soldiers who returned from Iraq opened up about the great comfort that these particular verses had been to them while they were deployed. One shared as the sirens wailed a warning about enemy attacks at night and mortars were sizzling overhead, not knowing where they would land, that they looked to these verses and claimed them and praise God for protecting them, that those mortars didn't land on them. It's great to see the power of God's Word, isn't it? So often we take it for granted, we read about it, we hear about it, we study it. But that daily application, that to see how God's Word is having a positive strengthening for those who are are serving God in their job or at school. I know many have been off for a couple weeks from school, have to go back tomorrow. And for some, that can be a challenge to go back because they they know what's there. But God has called them to do that. And it's like God has called each of us to be where we are to serve God because we all have opportunities unique to each of us that God is providing for us. I like to call them divine appointments. And every Monday uh, since our senior chaplain left, uh, I get together with our part-time chaplains. Every Monday we have a time of prayer and we thank God for divine appointments God already has set up at the jail. We don't know what they are, but God does. And so when that interruption comes, somebody comes in or that emergency comes up or something comes up that we're not expecting, we say, okay, that's, that's God's timing. That's God's appointment that he has for us today. And in the 13 years that I've served over there so far, I've never had a day go as scheduled, never. Get in at 7.30 and usually by 9 o'clock the whole day is all different than what we had down listed, what was going to go on. And so that's kind of exciting, it's not boring. It's always great to see how God is in charge even of our calendars. These verses helped those soldiers get through the day and provide comfort so they could sleep at night. Three soldiers I'm still following up with are battling PTSD. Ten years ago, they didn't label it that, but it's just going to a war zone will change you. That's really bottom line. PTSD is when you see your friend or you see your comrade or you see that fellow soldier get blown up right beside you and know that if it would have been five foot over, that would have been you that changes how you think about things. One opportunity I had back in 19, this is way back, but in 1992 in the L.A. riots, when we were called down there to be a part of that and to oversee the all the looting that had been taking place at the Martin Luther Shopping Center, I remember several soldiers in... In our unit, 660 infantry soldiers, as we went down into that area, many of them said, Chaplain, I I don't know what's going to happen here. I said, A couple of them said, I grew up here, where we're at now here in Watts. This is my neighborhood. I can't shoot at my neighbors. I don't know what's going to happen. I said, well, this looks, looks like a good opportunity for all of us to get down and pray and pray that God will work all this out so that that won't have to happen. But it was quite an experience to walk in the middle of gang areas, the Bloods and the Craps who were there. We were right in the middle of the, their area. And I'll tell you one thing that made my heart scared. I hadn't been in the military that long at that point, but I still remember we had a six-foot fence there. We were at electric plant in, in Watts and thought this isn't really going to protect us much because they could see right through it. But this was in May, and I remember somebody with a trench coat in May motioned. and he said, Chaplain, I want to talk to you. I well, oh, wow, I guess I was too naive, but I walked over by the fence. He said, Chaplain, he goes, we don't have a fight with the military, but we do with LAPD. And he said, if you stay around a few more days, we're going to have to do something to save face. This is our territory. And then he opened up his jacket and had a Uzi hanging there and it looked loaded to me. But I'll never forget that. But you know, I didn't fear that because I knew God was with me there. That's the only way. <laughs> because I look back and people say, well, weren't you ready to run if he pulled that and started to shoot? Not if it's my time to go. God only knows when that point is, when our time here on this earth is done. But I just share that to re- remind all of us that God's with us in whatever situation we're in. God never leaves us. It says in verse 4, His truth shall be your shield and buckler. His truth, that's God's truth, His Word. Filled with promises and commands and a roadmap for life. Scriptures are talked about in Psalm 119, if you get a chance to read through Psalm 119, all the references to God's Word, how important it is, how we need to depend on it, how we need to look to it every day and in every situation. And then Hebrews 4.12, For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's Word is our shield. means a shield of the largest size covering the whole body. And it's our buckler. A buckler is a leather armor that protects the body on every side. As I was thinking about this, why do we need God's protection every day? Anyone have an idea? Why do we need it? Or do we? Why do we need the full armor of God, as Pastor Steve shared, reminded us not long ago? Why do we need all of that every day? Is there a reason? Satan's on the prowl. On the prowl. And the day we don't put it on, what happens? You get devoured. You get devoured. So we need it every day. We need every piece of that. We need to have our total faith and trust in God. So the third word picture, we move on to verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You shall only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, for you have made... The Lord, my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For He will give His angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample down. The third word picture, For he shall give his angels charge over you. Well, we need God's protecting angels, don't we? How many times, we don't know how many close calls that we talked about earlier. We don't know how many times in our lives that except God through his angel protecting us, we'd have likely had an end to our time here on this earth. Verses 7 and 8 that we just read, those were a couple of favorites that the Soldiers shared with me, a thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Need to know that. Everyone around us is falling, but it shall not come near you. Spurgeon says in his commentary, The power of God can bring us near to danger and yet keep us far from harm. On the literal battlefields of war in the spiritual battlefield described in Ephesians 6, only with your eyes shall you look. MacArthur shares, The righteous are so safe in disaster all around them that they are only spectators. I like that. Yes, Brian. Okay, Spurgeon shared, The power of God can bring us near to danger and yet keep us far from harm. And again, John MacArthur shares the righteous. I love this. The righteous are so safe in disaster all around them that they are only spectators. That should give us hope and that should give us encouragement. The story is told of a young man who was in a furniture store in Oklahoma City when tornadoes touched down in that area. And he prayed and he sought shelter under a dining room table. So he got under the dining room table and the tornadoes came overhead. He could hear it. He could see things going all around. And he kept praying, God, protect me. And finally, when the tornadoes had left that area, he got out from under that dining room table and that was all that was left. The whole store was gone, but there was the dining room table that God had used to protect them, even from that storm. We have the promises throughout God's Word. And one that is one of my favorites is in Psalm 27. Let's look back. Psalm 27, an earlier psalm. And we see the encouragement that is there. Psalm 27 The Lord is my light, my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life, whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this I shall be confident. One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in His temple. And it goes on and on, and and I'd encourage you to read through Psalm 27. such an encouragement that we have from God's Word that He's protecting us and watching over us. With God as our dwelling place, no evil shall overcome us, because God has given His angels charge over us. God has assigned angels to watch over every one of His children, including each of us. The word charge talks about angels commanded to keep us in all our ways, and all our travels of life. Psalm 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear Him and delivers them. And it, the angels rescue Daniel 6, Lion's Den. They comfort after Paul's shipwreck in Acts twenty seven twenty three. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. Angels minister to believers. It says in Hebrews 1.14, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Angels assigned to us by God bear us up in their hands so that we receive God's protection from deadly attacks, things that could kill us in our life. Only God knows how long we have here on this earth. But until that day comes... We are protected by assigned angels from God whose job, says, is to bear us up, to raise or lift up or take up. Again, what a picture of God's love for each one of us. Now we come to the fourth word picture uncovered beginning of verse 14. Because He has loved me, therefore I will deliver Him. I will set Him securely on high because He has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life I will satisfy him and let him behold my salvation. That fourth word picture. I will set him on high because he has known my name. You ever watch a a toddler during a parade or at a baseball game at the Trop when dad or mom Sets them on their shoulders so they can see? Well, God sets us on His shoulders so we can get God's perspective. Be encouraged as Matthew 6.33 challenges us, but seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. As believers, when we are in the dumps and struggling in our faith, We can be encouraged that God will set up, lift us up on high. God sets His love on us. God gives us so many blessings. As we look back on the past year of 2013, so many things to be thankful for. And one thing I'm still thankful for, that we still have in America, freedom to worship. It's been under attack. It's been a struggle, but it's still there there aren't very many countries around the world that have that. In fact, some countries, if you don't practice their particular religion, your family or you are killed or thrown into prison. We don't have that here. We have that freedom to choose to come and to worship together. I pray it never goes away in our country. But I think persecution is here and will continue to intensify in America, but Again, sometimes the heat has to be turned up to get the true gold instead of just the gold with the dross. And that could be what's happening in our country, but that's why every day we've got to walk with the Lord. We've got to depend upon Him to protect us, that we need to obey God's word so that we're the light and salt God's commanded us to be. God knows her name. Isn't that amazing? All the people in, in the world, He knows our name. And He continues to love us even when we fall away from Him. But it says here, He sets us on high. And one song, I'm not going to sing it, don't be afraid. <laughs> Chris Tomlin, you know, I Will Rise. And I'm always reminded of those words. It brings a tear to my eye. There's a peace I've come to know. Though my heart and flesh may fail, there's an anchor for my soul. I can say, it is well. Jesus is overcome and the grave is overwhelmed. The victory is won. He is risen from the dead. And then I love this. And I will rise when He calls my name. I will rise when He calls my name. Reminded not only when He calls her name to be in eternity with the Lord, But two, I think by application, Chris Tomlin would allow this. When we rise in the morning, he knows our name. When we get up in the morning, he's there with us. He's given us something to do every day on this earth or we wouldn't be here anymore. We have missions to accomplish. That's a military term, but that's not an acronym. But we have missions to accomplish here on this earth, things that God has for us to do every day. The promise of verse 15, God promises to answer us. No busy signal, no answering machine, no pre-recorded telemarketer. You ever answer the phone and then it starts a recording? Say, hello, hello. Uh, This is so and so. We want to know what you think. Do you hang up or you listen for the whole thing when you've heard it three, four times in a day? That's just a little pet peeve. I don't really care for those kind of calls. But God answers us when we call out, when we cry out, when we shout out to Him. Even Nehemiah and Nehemiah 6, when they were spreading gossip about Him, saying He was a traitor, saying He was stirring up a problem, He was going to overthrow whoever uh, the king at that time. He just had to throw His hand up and say, Help, God! Sometimes that's all we can do is yell out help, but God is there. When Peter was thinking after he had walked on the water toward the Lord because he was looking around not keeping his eyes on Jesus, he had to reach up and God didn't let him drown, did he? He grabbed him and they walked over to the boat together. That's the picture we need to have in our own lives. God is with us in trouble. When we're pressed down, when we're distressed, God is always there. Reflect back on Pastor Steve's study on Psalm 13, which says, At the beginning, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? And it ends this way, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord. Why? Because He has dealt bountifully with me. Every day we should get to the end of the day and say, Lord, thank you for putting up with me today. I let you down. I didn't do all I should do, but you walked with me anyway and you still love me and you're still working on me. You haven't given up on me. And that's a, a great opportunity to share that with inmates who think, what's the use? I'm never going to get out of prison or I'm going to be convicted and all this. I say, God is working on you. God loves you. God has provided a way through His Son That you can be saved. It's the only way. And so you don't have to go through this and think you're alone. God loves you. Sometimes that's all they need to hear. God continues verse 16. With a long life I will satisfy Him and let Him behold my salvation. A promise to the Old Testament saint for obedience to the law. Exodus twenty. 12. Honor your father and your mother. Your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. And it says, And show him my salvation. God's deliverance helped victory as God delivered us from an eternity in hell to eternity in heaven. God is our deliverer. And God doesn't say, Okay, this is, I'm going to deliver you for 10 years. It's forever, it's for eternity. So in light of these word pictures in Psalm 91, we need to realize the new, God is always the answer. Even though the world throws everything else at us, Satan says, depend on anybody but God. As his children, we can be assured of his protection while pushing a car at Publix, visiting the pharmacy at Walgreens, playing with our kids or grandkids in our homes, wherever we are. Our response to Psalm 91 should be one of thanking God that He watches over us, and He walks with us every day we're on this earth. And when difficulties come, He alone is our refuge, and the hope that when we go through heaven's gates, He'll be there to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. A favorite old song, and I don't know if some of you younger people ever heard of this, but It's called, This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. We're ambassadors for Christ this earth to share the gospel to share with others the answer Jesus Christ with those around us wherever we're at every day we have specific opportunities that God is bringing your your way specifically to minister to those around you that's uh, bow our heads for closing prayer great God and Father thank you for the encouragement of psalm ninety one That not only soldiers found that a comfort, but we too can know through these word pictures of Your Word that You're protecting us, watching over us. Your angels assigned to each of us to to watch over our stumbling ways on this earth. Thank You, Lord, for Your Word. Thank You for the encouragement. Help us with Your strength to obey it and to live it and to walk with You in 2014 as we have in 2013. May we anew put our hope, put our trust, our refuge in You. We ask all this in Your most holy name, in Jesus' name, Amen.